Hello, listeners. I am so excited to have another week back at Post-Sermon Reflections Podcast through Fellowship Crosspoint Church. Man, it has been such a blessing uh, to be a part of this podcast. And I want to give a plug before we hop in. In the summer, we are doing a transformed series on what is happening in our culture with transgenderism, and that will launch on July 16th. But as a primer for that, we're going to spend most of the month of June going through a read-along study through the podcast. And so every week we're going to be reading some chapters together and we're going to have some people commenting on what they're learning and how they're being challenged. And so I would encourage you to tune in on July 11th. We'll be dropping that podcast. It'll be our read-along podcast series. And so we're so excited to have you here. I have two awesome brothers of Christ with me, Johnny and Liam. It is Liam Castle's first time on here. So woo-woo. Woo woo. Woo woo. Let's do it. Uh, so excited. He is a faithful brother in Christ. He is married to Sarah Castle and they faithfully serve in our church and we're so grateful. He is going to give us the sermon recap before we hop into our conversation. Yeah. So today we touched on Revelations 2, verses 18 through 29, and it was about the church of Thyatira. Woo woo. Yeah. They um, are very different than the other churches we've been talking about in this series. They're a smaller city. Pastor Brennan compared them to Fayetteville, small kind of town. Yeah, like um, a military town. Yeah, military town, very union-driven, trade-driven, and pretty much everybody in that city worked within one of those industries. Um, and he spoke about this culture, and there was really just one way to think and one way to act. And the unions and the trades, they really drove those ideologies. Um, but a false teacher had kind of infiltrated and influenced the church in Thyatira and was preaching um, things against biblical uh, standards, preaching sexual immorality, yeah. um, that it was okay to be a part of that culture and just kind of live into it, but still, you know, worship God, kind of like go to church on Sunday and then do whatever you want on Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, kind of make up their own God. So similar to today, like false teachers will tell us that we don't have to change to come to God and that we can make up our own conception. Um, yeah. But Jesus, we learned, changed to come to us and he took on human form and he became like us and endured sin or the temptations of sin, but remained sinless yeah. um, and endured the flesh, I should say. Um, and that was just kind of hopeful. And, you know, he wrapped it up with at the end of the letter, Jesus said to them, you know, to the ones who were remaining faithful, uh, stay steadfast and your reward will be the morning star, which is Christ. And mm-hmm. he will guide us Amen. through our, the dark times. Yeah. And it's so interesting because we know that sin is what Christ died for. And he's, he came to rescue us. And this woman, Jezebel, is like, he didn't really come to rescue you from the thing that you're, you're in and trapped by. She was like, just stay trapped. Like, you can have Jesus and stay trapped in yeah. sin, which is, like, the lie of our culture right. that, like, sin's allowed to dominate you and nobody nobody really cares. Um, I am so curious kind of what your guys' takeaways are. So, Johnny, I would love to hear what is, like, one takeaway you have from, from this sermon by Pastor Brennan. Yeah, absolutely. So, the biggest takeaway that stood out to me was choose courage over compliance. And, you know, just thinking Ooh. about it, yeah, um, just thinking about it, it really reminded me of Galatians 1.10. And it said, and that verse reads, for am I now seeking the approval of men or of God, or am I trying to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. 
And so what we see there is you have two different choices. It's almost like a dichotomy of sorts where, you know, either we're pleasing people or we're being a servant of Christ. And, you know, that's just a sobering reminder that, you know, ultimately our actions reflect who we worship. And as Christians, we might inevitably find ourselves in a situation where there's no easy middle ground. Mm. And in those moments, we should remember that, you know, we worship Christ foremost and not people and the opinions of man. Yeah. And it feels like the middle ground is becoming less and less as our culture moves on. Mm -hmm. And it's always been that way. But we're seeing like this just aggression of like, man, there's like cultural Christianity is not in. And if it's in, it's watered down. It's evil. Yeah. Like that there there is not much to gain by standing up for truth boldly right now. And that's really hard. So I'd love to hear, Liam, what's your takeaway? Yeah, I had a couple. Um, The first one. I really appreciated Pastor Brennan's definition of tolerance um, and that really what tolerance means in this culture is celebration and affirmation and the celebration and affirmation of specifically, you know, the LGBTQ community we talked about, but just kind of any unbiblical ideology that the culture is pushing. I could come out in forms of sexism or racism or, um, you know, we talked about worshiping work. Yeah. Worshiping work or, uh, anything really just chasing accolades, chasing accomplishments, you know, like financial worship. I mean, we see that a lot too. So it's not specific, but, um, and just that, that kind of reminder, because when I think of tolerance, I think of, you know, not so much that. Um, and, you know, then he made the kind of uh, comparison of how God isn't tolerant of mm-hmm. these things. He's clearly against these things. And we believe that because that's what the Bible says. And if yeah. we uphold the Bible as the authoritative word of God, then we have no other choice to believe that. Yeah. If we believe that Jesus is who he said he is in the Bible, then we also have to believe some of these teachings that may make us uncomfortable and may go against the things that we've been living out. Yeah. 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 It's also really interesting to think about. We look at the things we cannot do, but the things that we cannot do, we can't do them because they're not ultimately what's good for us. And the definition of love is seeking someone's ultimate good. And in our culture, it feels really hard to seek someone's ultimate good because what they believe their ultimate good is, good is, is ultimate fulfillment which they think isn't be found in their happiness or in saying, hey, my body feels this way right now in this moment, so I must act on right. what my body feels this way. Where would you say you guys are seeing that right now? Well, I mean, our culture is very hyper-focused on feelings and living those feelings out, right? And, um, you know, I think we see that in a lot in this transgender movement. And um, I, you know, I think it's important that we understand what love really is. And we talked about that today in the sermon, like loving in truth as Christians, right? If we're, um, if we're going to love people, you know, he made the analogy of the people on the airplane without a parachute. Like, are you just going to dap them up because they're happy and excited to go jump out of that plane, but they don't realize they have a parachute on. They don't have a parachute on. They don't have a parachute on. You're saying like if someone's, so the, the full analogy is if someone is going to go skydiving, and you see them, and they don't have a parachute on, and you're not just going to be like, hey, I'm so stoked that you're hopping out of that plane because they think that they're fine, but they're not fine, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for the clarification. No problem. Um, so in that instance, it would be unloving to say, hey, yeah, go ahead. Have a good time. Have fun. Enjoy that free fall. But we don't want to, we can't be that way as Christians. And um, sometimes those conversations are hard and those come out 
and speaking to people who may be struggling with same-sex attraction or speaking speaking to friends, you know, um, who maybe it's not even same-sex attraction. It's just living in a premarital sex life. Um, yeah. 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 Liam, um, to that point, like it, like you think of Proverbs 27, five to six, and you know, it says, Open rebuke is better than love carefully concealed. Like faithful are the wounds of a friend. And so you think of like, what is a true friend? Well, in the context of the verse, it's like a true friend is is someone who's going to be honest with you and they're going to tell you the truth. And you have to think of it like it's ultimately unloving um, to not tell them the truth because, yeah. you know, that's what's going to save their soul. Um, so if you think about it like that, um, you know, it's just a good reminder for us. Yeah. And in the... I think of with the airplane analogy and the skydiving analogy, we think of like what our culture is. That person is turning around to us and saying, I cannot believe you're trying to tell me that I don't have a parachute. I can't believe that you would be so ignorant to think that I would need a parachute to not die. How dare you? And you're like, that's a conversation not even happening in logic. And there's this reality of like we're, we're starting from different definitions. And the believer does need to be both compassionate and understanding where people are starting from. Because I, when I'm in these conversations with people and I'm wrestling with them, I go all the way back to the premise of like, imagine with me that there is a good God who created you and knows everything about you. Could you imagine him having the right to tell you what is best for you? Because if we don't start there, we can have no conversation of worldview. Because there's just no chance. There's no chance that we're going to, like, you're functioning, you're talking about values that me and you don't share because you don't believe that there could be this God who ultimately has my best of like, and that's one of the challenges in this time when it comes to tolerance is that there's 15 different worldviews to have. And if for believers, we have to be wise to say, hey, I love you, but I also need to speak some of your language to point out in your language what you think you're saying that you're not saying. And that can be like really, really challenging. And I think one thing that's interesting in this is that we're talking about having courage over compliance because the whole world right now worships just tolerance. Like, hey, everyone needs to have the same, everyone needs to be on the same playing field. And like your truth cannot be better than anyone else's truth. And it's saying like, if you don't affirm and celebrate, you're out. What in your world right now, where in your Thyatira, what does courage look like over compliance because different people's dietaries look different college looks different than working in a trade than working in the church than working in other places so i would love to hear from johnny first what does college's dietary look like right now yeah sure so um in my specific context um there are a lot of writing classes that you that are mandatory um to take just as part of your gen eds um, and in the majority of these classes, like what you'll find is the content of what you go through is very politically driven in one direction specifically. And you're presented with these readings that we have discussions on, that we write papers on, and it's very one-sided. And, you know, even if you have an opinion, you know, sometimes that, like me personally, I'll have an opinion that's obviously based off of my faith and what I know to be true, but because it doesn't match, you know, what those writings say or, and therefore like what's being taught in the class, I'm in a difficult position because when it comes time for those discussions, I have very little material to support myself. So the onus is on me to go out and do that extra research. And so there's, and there's also that added pressure in those situations, right? Because it's like, 
it feels like it's almost like 30 against one, right? Because, you know, the students, not many students will, you know, make that or take that effort um, intellectually yeah. to like just go and like do the research on both sides. And it's it's almost unfair because, you know, the material, the material isn't unbiased in itself. So mm-hmm. um, I think I think that's the most relevant, um, relevant example. And so like in these different um, in these classes that I take, um, that's really that's my thyatira, so to speak. Yeah. It's for you kind of being put with your back against the wall saying, hey, I'm being offered to I'm being offered to think one way and the resources I'm being given are one camp. And if I want to not just say, whatever, I'm going to write this paper from the perspective of whatever, fill in the blank, perspective from queer theory, perspective from affirming transgenderism. Right. You're having to say, okay, I actually have to go find scholarly like reports that are talking about both identities so that I'm able yeah. to put something forth that's not going to fail me because right. they can't they like you don't want to do shoddy work as a believer like that's yeah. like like just because we believe differently doesn't mean we can't be academically excellent right and so for you it's choosing academic excellence by being like hey I can't use I can't use the things that you're telling me to use because they in no way point to the worldview that I hold but I want to honor the prompt right. but I want to honor the prompt in a different way right that's that's exactly how I would describe it. And, you know, you brought up some of those specific issues. And it's funny enough, those are exactly the types of um, material that we engage with. Yeah. Um, whether it's, you know, affirming the LGBTQ community. Um, I, that, I'd say that was probably the most prevalent. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. Being being saying, hey, this is the, the schema that you're being asked to think from. And if you're not thinking from it, then you're a bigot. Exactly. Yeah. And that it's tough. Nobody wants to be called a bigot. Nope. Nobody wants to be called a homophobe. Nobody wants to call a transphobe. Um, and there are people in the church who've been rightfully called that in history. And so we're not going to say that there are not people who have not been unkind, dehumanizing. And so if you are someone here, that this is a really sensitive topic for you. We want you to know that we believe that all people are made in the image of God. All struggles are seen by God, cared for by God, and matter to him. And if you want to know him, but you say, I can't know him if my body is telling me something that it feels like the Bible doesn't allow. I want you to know that you can reach out to Jesus and he can teach you how to love him and to walk with him. And there are people in the church who want to walk alongside of you. I have many friends who are in that struggle. I have many people who I love and care for. And I've seen Jesus work in amazing ways. And that doesn't always look like they feel differently. But they learn how to persevere and they learn how to be sustained by him. And that is praiseworthy Amen. and so good. Amen. So, Liam, I'd love to hear, what does your Thyatira look like? I know it looks different than Johnny's. <laughs> and what does courage look like for you in your Thyatira? Yeah, um, I never went to college, currently not in college. I'm employed in a union. Uh, I do heavy construction. so Specifically heavy. Specifically. And also Marine, if we're going to throw it in there. Put them in the water, make it heavy. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> Light it on fire. I just want everybody to take a second and imagine their stereotypical construction worker. The guy sitting on a beam. Is he catcalling a woman? Definitely catcalling a woman. If Sig we were by a woman. Uh, Sig in his left hand. You know, the tough and quote unquote manly kind of guy. Um, it's very opposite of Johnny's experience in college. I have encountered, you could say, really all over the spectrum, but typically you'll encounter a lot of hyper-conservatism, not grounded in biblical beliefs. Maybe there's a cultural Christianity that's grounding that. but Love the flag, love the family, kind of. 
yeah. kind of love one wife. Yeah, kind of love one wife. Exactly. So, and then, you know, there's some liberal people I've encountered, but really it's just uh, it reminded during the sermon, I was reminded of it when Pastor Brennan spoke on how we're supposed to disagree with, say, some of these unbiblical things we're seeing in the culture, but we're not supposed to insult or degrade mm. anybody who's dealing or living out any of those things. Um, and that's what I encounter a lot. A lot of racism, a lot of sexism, uh, just a lot of disregard for people. Um, nothing's really serious. Everything's open and up for grabs and to make fun of. Um, so it almost feels like I'm stuck back, say, 70 years ago. Um, and it's it can wear you down sometimes, for sure. Uh, on a different way, but just kind of combating that, you know, a lot of the guys I work with, they, they know who I am, um, what I believe and those conversations when they ensue, I just don't engage with them. I don't promote them. Um, it's hard to be, I'll admit like, you know, I'm not, I'm not always, uh, I'm not the police on conversation, which is tough because, you know, I battle within that and my own conviction. How do I go about that? What's enough? Like, is not engaging enough? Um, also, I've had some friends out there that I've developed relationships with where I've, you know, had the opportunity to share the gospel, had the opportunity to argue against some of their thoughts on God and Christianity. Um, so for me, I kind of, I try to, build those relationships. And when I see those opportunities present themselves, uh, not shy away from them, but it's a very degrading and insulting culture, I guess would be the best way to describe it. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you're not making fun of, you are maybe what we're making fun of. Correct. And that is a really tough place to be. And that's what I would say of like, not every avenue we're in is Thyatira where they're saying, because our Thyatira culturally is going to be, you must affirm everyone every feeling, every thought. And if you do not celebrate, you are a bigot and it is not okay. And for you, it's saying like, no, all these men would culturally agree that those lifestyles are not good, but it's not from a place of love. Correct. It's from a place of fear. And it's from a place of like, they're weird. Correct. And that is like also not good. And so when we see that, and I would say that is sometimes what we see in the church is we say, okay, those are other, and that's not how we're supposed to view them either because the same sin is not letting God define our identity, is not letting him say, hey, this is who you are and trust me, and we're searching for identity and all these other things and all these other feelings because ultimately we're all sinners. Your genre of sin may be different, but we're all sinners. And so there's compassion. There's The, gr- the ground is even at the cross. So one question that I have for you guys is what is an encouragement you would have for people right now who are trying to choose courage in their Thyatira? Um, well, I would first just like to reiterate that. Like, yes, yeah, sin creates an equal playing field. Um, there's no better or worse. And I think a, an encouragement would be um, just to remind yourself of you know, that you're serving a Christ and um, some of these tough situations now in the flesh on earth, they might be hard and they might be awkward, but they're temporary. And we have 
an eternal hope in Christ. Um, and also like, we want to share that with these other people, these other people who are maybe misled at your college or misled at my job. And, um, like there's eternal consequences and eternal ramifications for sin. Um, but just to stay, you know, grounded and also like sometimes, you know, I've, I've messed up at work. I've engaged in gossip. I've said things I shouldn't have. And I confess that to my brothers in Christ or, you know, and I've, I mean, I've had to make apologies to men on a job site. Like I absolutely lost it on this one guy because he was, the situation doesn't matter, but, um, (laughs) it was silly. We could say, yeah, but I had to apologize to him and he thought I was like, he was like, Oh, okay. That's weird. Like, but yeah, we're cool. No one's ever apologized to my whole life. (laughs) Yeah. But I felt wrong. So just to stay true to who you are. Um, and I know that sounds so simple, but and just to put that burden on Christ, you know, like mm. it feels heavy sometimes, like when you're in this surrounding that's clearly dark. Um, but we're reminded, you know, in the scripture that we have Christ, the morning star, and he brings light mm. and um, we can help bring that and that can help equip us to stay true as well. Mm. So good. I would say in addition to that, I would I would add that, you know, don't as easier said than done, but don't be afraid of cancel culture. Hmm. And I think it's important to remember that Christ was canceled in the worst possible way possible. <laughs> the worst possible way. Yeah. Um and you know he was he was beaten, he was hmm. you know he was mocked, he was spat on. And you know as followers of Christ, like you said Liam, you know, like we look forward to our ultimate reward, which is you know spending time in heaven and just remembering remembering that this is a temporary reality. Um that yeah. we have a future home ahead. And, you know, we shouldn't be afraid of the persecution that is to come. I think that's one thing that's been resonating with me, you know, throughout this entire series is that, you know, inevitably just it's just the nature of the times that we're living in. We're going to be put in these tough positions and that, you know, we should be encouraged to hold fast. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I think I'm thinking of a very specific conversation that sometimes believers will find themselves in. They're, They're with someone who's saying, hey, what do you think about me and my life and my homosexual lifestyle or my transgender lifestyle that's a very sobering conversation to be in i know that some of you guys have probably been in that conversation i know i've sat in that conversation and one piece of encouragement and advice that i would give is to say picture what you want that relationship to look like at the end of that conversation before you start how do you want that person to feel do you want them to feel like you saw them like you pointed them to jesus you spoke the truth but you love them and you're willing to walk with them in the midst of the pain, if they if they want to know Christ, you're going to say, hey, I'm going to be in the room with you when this is really hard. I'm going to be in the room with you when you don't want to be obedient and you want to go back to. Because the thing that, that's very true that the church needs to respond to is that that community is awesome at hospitality and is awesome at making pseudo family in a way that we should be embarrassed that we don't make family like that. And so when we're sitting across from someone who's hurting and is genuinely asking for the truth, that we wouldn't shy away from it, but we'd say, hey, I know you're hurting and I know that Christ sees you and he loves you and he's willing to walk with you um, because that conversation's going to come. And it's not the person who's like politically asking you. So tell me what you think about gay marriage. That's a different conversation and one you have to engage in. But when you're looking at the human being who's hurting, just remember, that's a human being just like you. 
who's got real sin in the same way you've got real sin. You've had to lay down in pursuit of Jesus. And Jesus says, hey, I died for that. I bought that. And I'm, and I'm, I'm happy I did. And I'm going to make you more like me each and every day. Yeah, I, that's that's great. I completely agree. And I think I'm thinking about how important um, it is that we're in the world so we can have those conversations, that we're not shying away from people or things that make us uncomfortable. That doesn't mean that we're outwardly or like aggressively searching sin and going to places we shouldn't or, you know, um, but just we're not hiding. Yeah, we're not hiding right. and we're willing to have that conversation. You know, I've had that conversation and um I still have a relationship with that person and you know, they're not an active Christian, they're not coming to church or anything, but uh it was an opportunity to share the gospel and to just pour into them a little bit and remind them too like, "Hey, I'm a sinner as well, man. Yeah. Like I'm no better than you." And we kind of briefly touched on the history of the church and how sometimes we've hyper-focused on homosexuality or these issues, um, which is important because it's against God's word, but also it's no different, you know? In 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 10, uh, I believe Pastor Brennan referenced that in his sermon today, but it talks about idolaters and adulterers and homosexuals and thieves and fornicators, and all these things are an even playing field. Yeah. Um, so, you know, just to remind them of that, like, hey, what you're doing is wrong. Yeah. But it's not any more wrong than what I've done or what others have done. Yeah. But we have Christ and we have put our faith and we have repented and turned to him and seek right. to follow him. Yeah. And because of him, he has made us clean in the eyes of the Father and he has forgiven us our sins. So just constantly pointing back to him. That's the difference. Um, and that's an exclusive claim, but it's an important claim. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's a true claim. Yeah. And it's not the reality of like, I politically want you to be different for my end. Mm. It's ultimately, Correct. I believe that Jesus says more about your life than how you feel in this moment. That like, how dare us be defined by a feeling within our body, how mm. we would be animals if that's all we were defined by. And we're not animals. That's very true. Like we, that, we are body, soul, mind, and spirit. There's a whole human being here. That whole human being matters to God. And he died. And he like these, these bodies, sometimes they are counterintuitive to what we know is true. And he gives us through the power of the spirit, the power to say, I feel this way. I do not have to act on that. I do not have to choose something other than following Jesus with my body, with my mind. And so the feelings we have may not be a choice. What we do with those feelings is a choice. Amen. And I think that is really what's important in this conversation is to say, I'm going to choose faithfulness over feelings. I'm going to choose Jesus over this momentary affliction because it's nothing. It's nothing in comparison to the glory of God. So brothers, it's been such a joy talking to you i would love for us to pray for our listeners as we're ending so liam if you will open and johnny if you will close and then we will hop out of here let's do it father god i um just thank you for this opportunity to expand about about what we heard today in pastor brennan's sermon god i thank you for um this church and um just their willingness to talk about this god and i just i pray for 
any who might be suffering on uh, the other side of Christianity who are dealing with opposing feelings to biblical beliefs, God, and um, just struggling to come to God, Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would work in their heart, you would convict them, and you would point them to Christ through either people in their lives, the Bible, Scripture, God, whatever means you may have, Lord. And I pray for us as brothers and sisters in Christ, God, and the church, that we would show deep love and compassion for feelings that are real to people, God. They may not be the ultimate authority, but they are real, and that we would empathize with that, and we would love through that, but we would share truth in love to God and be willing to have those tough conversations and uh, not compromise, Lord. And I just thank you for this time today. I thank you for this ministry, and I just ask your blessing over it. Lord, thank you, O oh God, for this this time that, that we could just gather together, Lord, and unpack your word and what it means, Lord, for us as Christians and living this out, Lord, beyond Sunday, O oh God. Um, we thank you, O oh Father, for, Lord, the text, O oh God, and, and what your word says, O oh Father, and Lord, I just ask, Lord, in light of, Lord, everything that we learned this week, I pray, O oh God, that you would give us the strength, O oh God, Lord, in whatever context we are in, be it the workplace, be it school, I pray that you would give us the courage, O oh Father, Lord, Lord, to engage in these conversations, Lord, and Lord, to lead with love without compromising truth, Father. I pray, O oh God, that we would stand firm, O oh God, knowing, O oh God, Lord, knowing what it is that we know, Father, and Lord, we would, we would not be afraid to share the truth with those around us, O oh God. And Lord, I just pray that you would be with us and thank you for all it is that you are doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank amen. you, listeners. Uh, we so appreciate you and we are praying for you. Thank you for joining us for the Post-Sermon Reflections podcast put on by Fellowship Crosspoint. If you are enjoying this, please share with a friend. It's such a blessing to do this, but we want this to bless believers around our church um, and who may not be connected with it. So thank you so much. Have a wonderful day.